Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tech Tea Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Cameron. Join me as I spill the tea on all things educational technology. To begin, I'd like to acknowledge that I am located in Treaty 6 territory on sacred lands known as the Beaver Hills. For tens of thousands of years, Indigenous people have lived and thrived on here. This place continues to welcome many nations from all directions, arriving by land, air, and water, who are now all responsible to each other, the land, the resources, as long as the sun shines, the grass grows, and the river flows. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 7 of the Tech Tea Podcast. This episode is also the last episode in the eTech 521 series And today we will be discussing self-representation and self-determination. The first question we are going to dive right into is talking about the Nicole et al's article about culturally responsive math education and how this might address the digital divide. In the video interview with Tim Mitchell, he suggests that the ability for a community to use technology as a good or bad influence really relies on the context of that community. So with culture as a foundation for a curriculum, the collaboration with community members is key and the more people that get involved, the more knowledgeable the community becomes and the more opportunities students have to engage with technology meaningfully. To move on with this idea, um, Ginsburg describes issues of trying to connect remote Inuit people with the world, and the Sila website was created to document and represent early travel and exploration from an Inuit perspective, which allowed a connection between the North and the South and the communication between the two, but it also allowed Inuit, and this is a quote from Ginsburg's article, Um, It allowed Inuit to remain in their communities and out on the land without losing touch with the 21st century. I think this speaks again to Mitchell's community context and technology influence, where in this case the Inuit community was able to use technology to further define and reclaim their culture. And again, the digital divide was addressed here because by creating this culturally rich online experience, through collaboration and connection and this back and forth process with various community members. It's almost as if the digital divide wasn't there for these communities and they found a way to overcome it. The next section says to incorporate all these ideas to comment on why it is important to advocate for more Indigenous participation in media creation. So when I initially thought of the answer to this question, a few things that I wrote down were cultural preservation, role models for Indigenous students, and more Indigenous professionals visible in more diverse disciplines. And for this question specifically, I want to talk about Ginsburg's article about the digital age. And on page 301, she describes how... Technology allows for possibilities for younger generations to be involved in various new forms of Indigenous cultural production, which allows them to extend cultural worlds on their own terms. 
rather than just dealing with the mainstream media. And something that came to mind um, as I was going through my web blogs was I came across an Indigenous media artist named Danielle Black, and she's actually from Calgary, Alberta. And what Danielle Black offers or brings to the table is that she created the Treaty 7 Filmmakers Collective, whose goal is to bring Indigenous artists, filmmakers, sound tech people, screenwriters, everyone to come out, to collaborate, to meet, and to talk about the work that needs to be done to tell the stories of local Indigenous people. I think also because storytelling is such an integral part of Indigenous culture that it is incredibly important to advocate for more Indigenous participation in media creation because of all of the amazing storytelling tools that are available out there. Similarly, Iseki and more in their community-based Indigenous digital storytelling article speak about the opportunity that using digital storytelling can create. There has been a recurring theme um, throughout the readings these last few weeks about a continued collaborative dialogue throughout the production of these Indigenous medias. It's a back and forth process with the community being the central site of power. Another recurring theme is about how these Indigenous communities can reclaim their voice and on page 32 of Iseki and Moore's article, they say that Indigenous media has the opportunity to reverse the colonial gaze by constructing their own media on their own terms. They also mentioned that these videos and these digital storytelling pieces are have the primary goal or the primary audience of that local community with the other audience and the other audience being anybody outside of that community only being a secondary purpose and a secondary result of the media. And again, with having the community and Indigenous peoples as the primary target audience, this just again helps Indigenous people to reclaim their voice. And the last discussion piece is to address the role of representation and self-determination and how are self-representation and self-determination connected. Indigenous people need to be encouraged to represent who they are and to make decisions that will help move their culture forward, both personally and collectively as a community. Self-determination doesn't just apply to one person. It it also applies to the self-determination of a group of people. So in order for a community and culture to feel like they have control over their lives, they need to be able to have a voice and have adequate representation where it counts. This can already be, be seen in various aspects um, of our government. Specifically, um, I'm thinking about Mumaluk Kukuk, the Nunavut Member of Parliament, who spoke up about how she felt like she wasn't able to properly represent her people in the House of Commons. And also with Mary Simon becoming Canada's first Inuk Governor General. So already we have 
two indigenous politicians, both of them women also, which I think is just fantastic, who are able to give indigenous peoples a voice on this huge cross-country stage. And technology allows people from not only all over Canada, but all over the world to hear their voices, to see the media that's being produced about them, and become aware of the Indigenous journey to reclaim their voice and reclaim their culture in Canada.